Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. I with me again. We are going through the Gospel of Mark. Now we are in chapter 7. And I believe the Lord is giving us some insight as we read these chapters and put in some comments. And I might refer to some other examples of what is in Mark or what is in Luke, what is in John. Gospel of John, chapters, Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, from verse 1. Then came together with unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed, unwashing hands, they find fault. Now, you have to remember the Pharisees were the only or the religious people in, in Jerusalem in those days. And if they don't want to believe, they always look for faults. To say, well, this is, they call this man uh, the, the, the Messiah. Oh, if they find some fault, they say well, they don't want to follow this man. So they came around to look at how he's conducting his ministry. And they saw the disciples that they were eating without washing hands. To them, if you come from the market, you've got to wash your hands. They think cleanliness of the physical body means holiness. They think the cleanliness of the hand. They wash the hand, they wash their feet, they wash their face and so on. In fact, they took their bath before they can even eat. They think that cleanliness is what God is talking about when it comes to holiness. See? It's good to be clean. But that is not what registered with God. See, you, you see, Christ, we tell, we tell them in another place that it is your inside that needs to be clean first. The inside is your character, your behavior, what you are thinking about, your, your attitude. Are you wanting to commit sin? Those are all the things that will defile you before God. Your evil thoughts, evil desires, adultery, all those types of things are the ones that defile human beings before God. Not whether you eat this meat that is not well clean or not not well cooked or your hand is dirty because those can cause jams like people talk about jams and so on but the jams can only kill the body they don't touch the soul or the spirit but we are dealing with god with the spirit and he's dealing with us in the spirit so anything that we defile our spirit is what god hits that is sin we defile our spirit evil thoughts evil ideas evil behaviors all those things that make up human beings sin against god those are the ones that defile our spirit before god but the physical body can be injured by not washing your hand, dirtiness and uh, jams and so on. But God can heal that. That's why Christ gives us authority over all those things. And Christ being God manifested, he's not worried by any jams attacking the body because he has authority over all those things. Even these apostles that he sent out has authority over all those things. But the Pharisees thought that is holiness. When you, when you keep yourself clean, neat and tidy, it's good to be neat and tidy, hygiene, hygienic nature, but that is not what God is concerned about. God is concerned about our spirit, not defiled with sin. Our soul, not defiled with evil thoughts and evil ideas. Let's continue here. Verse 3. Verse 3 of Mark chapter 7 is what we are reading. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands often, they eat not. Holding the tradition of the elders, they call it tradition, which is hygienic thing. And when they came from the market, except they wash, I mean, they have to take their bath. 
they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. So then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? Now, when they are saying thy disciples, they are actually referring to him also. Because they may not, maybe they didn't see him eating, but they saw his disciples eating and he has not taught them not to do it like this. So that's why they are saying, why are your disciples not washing their hands before they eat? So they have, they have sense of fault. Many ways also, when we go about to preach, those who are religious people that are just looking for faults, they will always look for something. They always will find something. They may say he didn't do this. They may say he didn't do that. They say, they, and because of that, they will try to tell people to go away from this man. Verse 6, Jesus Christ answered him, See, where as Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honoured me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Albeit, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever causeth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his, mother, or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things you do. Now, that's example of the the Jews of that generation trying turning things that should have been given to help their parents. They say, well, if this is a gift, then you don't need to help your parents. It's not what you can. So they are taking, they are making a law to make it easier for them not to do what the Bible says. So the Moses said they are to honor your father and your mother, especially when they are old and gray-headed, and their children should be supporting them. And the children say, well, this money I have is not really salary, it's a gift from somebody. So if it's a gift, then you don't need to use that money to help your parents. That's what they turn into, so that they can keep their money. So that is what Christ was referring to. It's a traditional practice among them in that generation that he, Christ noticed why he was living and was being raised, that they have turned some of these laws of Moses, they have looked for loopholes, excuses not to do it. That's an example. He just cited an example for them. That these are how you guys are avoiding to keep the law. Excuses. Well, this is a gift, so we can't use this to help you, Father. You can't use this to help your mother because if say copper means a gift, so then you can't use it to, to help them. So that is a, a practice that they were doing that Christ was pointing to it that they were doing something to avoid obeying the law of God. Verse 14. And when he had called all the people to, unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand, there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defy him. But the things which come out of him, 
Those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So the Lord was calling the okra and telling them that, look, all this idea, don't eat this, don't eat that, will not defile, it's not the food you eat that will defile you. It is what is coming from out of you that will defile a man. And that was what he explained in another chapter, in the other gospel, that it is the evil thoughts, adultery, the, because all those come from the heart. You have to think about it and plan it before you go execute it. So those are the things that defile man, spiritual defilement is what they were talking about, not physical hygiene that human beings were used to when they say wash your hands, clean your teeth, take your bath, all the type of things. They are hygienic things that may, may be okay for us, but that is not what God is talking about when he talks about defilement of the spirit. Now verse 17, and when he had entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. You know, they wonder, are you sure that we should, we should be eating anything? You say anything we eat is okay. And they asked him again. And he said unto them, Are ye also without understanding? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entering into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entered not into his heart, but into the belly. So the difference between the heart and the belly. Our heart is our spirit, not the physical heart that's pumping blood, that every talk that the doctor talk call heart. It's talking about our spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. What you are seeing is the physical body, but our spirit is wearing the soul, and the spirit is the one that God is dealing with. So that's the call, that's the word, that's what is called heart in the Bible. Our heart is our spirit. That's the real us that gets out of the body and goes to hell or lake of fire or, or paradise. So Christ is saying that is one that should not be defiled. So, but the food that we eat does not go to the heart, it goes to the belly, into the physical body, and does not defile the spirit. Because it entered not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defiled the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, Proceed evil thoughts. You see what I say? That's verse 12, 21. See, it comes from the heart. Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So you can see he's talking about sin. Those come from the inside. And then it manifests when people went and implemented it. So those are the things that defile the man. A spiritual defilement that God does, cannot stand. Verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And entered into an house. And we will have no man know it, but it could not be hid. For a certain woman, whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him. And came and fell at his feet. So the Lord, Mark is going to give us another miracle that happened here. Verse 26 says, The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nature, by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Now this particular story of this woman that was not a Jew, and she was said to be a Greek, Syrophoenician, Syria, Phoenician mix. 
by nation. But she was in the na neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon where Jesus Christ went and nearby. Tyre and Sidon is the neighboring countries to Israel. All of those lands are all part of where Israel was to occupy. They are now more or less populated by both Greeks, Jews everywhere. So Christ went to that area to preach again and this woman heard about it. But because she was a Greek, the Lord was actually only testing the faith to teach us how faith you will stand from. Not that she was not that the Lord was just rejecting the woman or not being a Jew. But she because you see in the end of the story he said, Great is your faith, woman. And in the other places he actually narrated in the other gospel that the woman actually was crying after them until the disciples said, Send this woman away. She's bothering us. And then the woman came and fell down at the feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said this, that it's first to let the children be filled first. It is not meant to take the children's bread and to cast it onto the Lord. What is the children's bread? Healing that he was given out and that's what he meant by children's bread. And who are the children? If so, he came to the Jews first. These are the children that he meant talking about. He's not going to the Gentiles yet. So, but the woman wanted it right now, not later, not when the church started, not some years later. The woman, verse 26, and she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. That is somebody that was adamant. That's what God is trying to pull out of that woman. You must be adamant when you want something from God. You take no for an answer. Say, I'm not taking no for an answer. You are the only one that can do it, Lord. And I'm crying unto you. And I know you are merciful. And you are compassionate. And you hear me. He said, you, you are adamant. Say no, I can't hear you. You're not a, you're not one of the children. Even the dogs, they eat under the table. Whatever fell down, give me that that fell down from the table. That's what the woman was saying. Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Say just give me the crumbs. That should be good enough for me. And the Lord said to her, "For this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter." That means it's the woman that draw the anointing, draw the power, draw the miracle from Jesus Christ by her, by her adamant behavior, by her faith that this is the only solution for my need. So when you determine like that, you know this is the only solution. Don't take no for an answer. Don't be proud. A proud person will say, me, you call me dog and walk away and stay with that trouble. The woman says, you are the only one that can give this to me and I'm staying there until I get it. So women can be that as a man, God always respect that. And that's what you see in this one. So by that woman saying that, that even the dogs will eat crumbs that fell from the table, this means she was ready to be called dog. She was ready to eat the crumbs that fell from the table. If you just let me have it. He said, the devil just fled. The faith of that woman pulled the anointing. But study. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Verse 31. And again, the Lord is departing again. Departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Now look at this miracle. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ did different things for different cases. Is what we put on this one. Different thing for different kids. As the spirit leads, and he's teaching us, he has taught us that. That let the spirit lead you. Don't just say, Oh, I saw Pastor this, lay hand upon them, they were healed. I saw evangelist this, that's how they did it. Or this is what he said. No, it's not by 
repeating what somebody did. It's not by imitating what somebody or what you read that Jesus Christ did it this way. Jesus Christ speaks upon that man. You are going to speak upon that man. The Spirit has to lead you. If you are, if He is using you, the Spirit of God has to lead you. As men as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that's why you see in this case of our Lord Jesus Christ also, you did everything differently for every case as the Spirit leads Him. And He has taught us that. So that's why this story that our Mark is reporting here is also important to see what he did for this deaf and the man that, that was deaf and had impediment in his speech. And they asked him to lay his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, that's the first thing you see, and put his fingers into his ears and he spit. What's he spitting for? You don't know. The spit leads him to do that. And touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed. What's the sign for? You don't know. As the spirit is. And said unto him, A father that is, be open. That's the only time he said, Be open. But all this first gyration that he did, as the spirit is, he put his hand in his ear, he touched his tongue, he speech, he sighed. We don't know what those mean, but other than that, the spirit must have led him to do that. Or maybe he just sighed because something wants to sigh in, his, in him. You know, sometimes you can be trying to pray and there's a coughing. Maybe that coughing is not part of the prayer. It's just you coughing. But people that are watching won't know why you cough also. But it could be that you sneeze. You know? it's not, sneezing may not be part of it. But people watching you say he sneezes also. But see, whatever it is, or the spirit led him to speak. He was see the spirit led him to speak, or is something just in his mind he needs to speak up before he prayed. So all of those things you don't imitate. We don't try to imitate or try to say this is how Reverend this did it. This is how Evangelista did it. This is how we read the Bible that Apostle Paul did it. No, it is as he leads you individually, separately from different cases, different, different leading. So then he said, he said, a father, and straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loose, and he spake plain. And then he charged them that they should tell no man. See, how can you say, don't tell any man? When the man that was, everybody knew him to be. Deaf and dumb now is hearing and speaking. They would know. So basically, it's a matter of way. When you say, tell no man, they will go and broadcast it. But the more he charged them, so much, the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure, as Tony saying, he has done all things well. He make both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Praise That is the end of chapter 7. And we we'll continue this in the next chapter. God bless you.